Blog Talk Radio. <clears throat> Hello, and welcome to Angel Speakers Lightmasters series on Blog Talk Radio. Your host is Terry Miller, who is a lightmaster, an author, psychic, medium, energy healer, and happiness coach. These series of shows will delve deeply into spirituality and help illuminate some of the answers to questions you may have concerning the ascension process, as well as the energy shifts we are all undergoing. Please visit Terry's website, angelspeakers.com and terry-miller.com, where you can find out more about her services, such as the wonderful energy healing method called (coughs) Time Heals, the process of letting go called Release, as well as her coaching and educational workshops. The information discussed on Angel Speakers is intended for general information and entertainment purposes only. It is not designed to provide listeners with specific personal, medical, financial, legal, counseling, professional service, or any advice. The programs are not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Individuals with health problems should always consult their health care provider for professional medical advice, medications, or treatment. The views expressed by show hosts or their guests are their own and should not be construed in any way as advice from angel speakers. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to angel speakers or the show hosts whose words and or opinions appear from or on this broadcast. If you have called in and want to participate by being on the air with our hosts, press 1 on your phone. We encourage participation from the chat room as well. Now, here is your host and founder of Angel Speakers, Terry Miller. Good morning, everyone. Hello, and thank you for joining us today on Angel Speakers Lightmaster Series. I have a very special guest today. Before I bring Kim on, I just want to remind everyone that tomorrow I'll be back to my regular time at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern, and Maggie Linton will be joining me. Please come and listen to this wonderful lady. We don't have an agenda. We don't have a topic. We're just going to sit and do some real talking over the air. So join us tomorrow and then have a wonderful weekend after that. And we're revving back up following week. So thank you all for being here. Right now I want to introduce Ken Roshan. Ken is an international author and speaker. He is considered a Renaissance spiritual leader who loves the arts and sciences. After losing his mom to Alzheimer's disease in 2008, he searched for meaning and purpose in his life. He prayed for a sign that would allow him to dedicate his life to service and utilize his skill sets to amplify leaders, making a positive impact in the world. His gift to amplify, which means market viral campaigns on social media, the messages of authors, speakers, and leaders was referred to as a game changer in the social media world. He studied strategies of leveraging like-minded and like-hearted audiences to create these epic social-proof campaigns for the leaders he chose to serve. He has authored 17 books on a multitude of topics to include children, linguistics, marketing, networking, and travel. His current book, Keep Smiling, Shift Happens, has caused a movement of celebrities and leaders to want to join in helping remind the world 
positivity attracts positive power. Ken is considered a humanitarian and philanthropist for the hundreds of events he and his company volunteer to support and market each year. His desire to inspire living a purpose-driven life caused him to create the Umbrella Syndicate to support authors, leaders, and speakers. He is a specialist in creating social-proof viral campaigns for some of the top events, leaders, nonprofits, and organizations. His ability to see the vision of a leader and cause the perception of the vision to become a reality is one of the reasons he is included in so many amazing concepts, inventions, and projects. I met this wonderful man last fall out in Salt Lake City and had a chance to be around him and observe him and listen to him. And now I am just honored that he is here with me in my studio today. So welcome, Ken Roshan. Well, thank you, Terry. What a lovely introduction. I think that was one of the best I've heard. I'm starting to feel like I did something. (laughs) Oh, you absolutely do something every day, my friend. How are you? I'm great. Uh, I have an easy day today, so I was excited that this was the start of my day. Most of my days are pretty filled up, and I'm taking a day to be with my son, so it's going to be a lot of fun. That little son of yours is amazing, and he has an amazing dad, so no wonder, right? (laughs) (laughs) I hope. I mean, I'm trying to teach him to be a a, a great leader um, just by thinking and modeling to take care of people and to give. That's what, yeah, that's what it's all about, you know, and, and I've been on this uh, bandwagon like for a couple of weeks now of Walker Talk, and, you know, we can, uh, we can listen to people all day long say things, but when we see it in action, that's totally different, and, and I have seen some of your posts and some of your videos with your son, so I think that's, that's pretty cool that you do actually well, live your your talk you know you do what you say and i love that well thank you very much i'll tell you the the advice i got about kenny going through his formative years is definitely true i mean he without the guidance of you know the love and teaching him to share and give he i mean all kids grow up with you know the id really in place and they want everything for themselves and he is transforming from actually thinking about others already instead of just himself. And that's really uh, a mature thinking at that age. Uh, The other day um, I asked for uh, one of the waffle fries from Chick-fil-A and I have to tell you on any other occasion, it's no daddy, these are all mine. But he, and then I went over and I reached for the smallest one. I said, can I just have this little small one? He says, no daddy. And he surprised me. He brought out the biggest one and said, this one you can have. I said, you know what? Oh, Something's happening here. <laughs> oh well, yeah. Now, please understand. This was this was a big deal. This is a big deal. So, but you know, it's it's a constant uh, progress because last night uh, he wanted chocolate, and we don't typically want him to have chocolate when he's going to bed. But I said, well, only if you share, because that was just how we get the lesson to keep happening. And he tried to wolf mm-hmm. down a whole big chocolate egg, and I had to grab it out of his mouth <laughs> <laughs> and throw it in the trash. And said, if you're not going to share, we don't. We both don't get it. And so, right. <laughs> and you know, I just uh, was talking to Mark Harris yesterday, and he's a he's a mastermind leader. 
and he does not work on weekends. And because of the nature of the Umbrella Syndicate, we definitely work weekends, but I forget that I'm not taking a weekend off during the week. So I, I typically pick one day, but I'm going to start picking two days uh, that are really more for my son and my family. And I, I thought that was really cool because he says, Ken, if you're working at your own weekends, you don't have a lifestyle business. And so, you know, we're constantly learning. Uh, this, is my, this is my five and a half years right now doing the Umbrella Syndicate. Mm-hmm. And what is happening now with it is uh, certainly taking a lot longer than I thought it was going to take, but it's, it's, there's a lot of magic happening right now. I'm attracting really super solid high-end people that I didn't know were watching me for years. They've been watching to see the consistency. And like you said about uh, being dev- a devoted dad, it, you know, it shows only in consistency. It doesn't show as just like a, a little blurt for the day or, uh, you know, the Mother's Day message, for instance. You don't say it's Mother's Day and mm-hmm. celebrate Mother's Day because the mom is um, because the mom is a mom. It's because she actually loves the family, cares for the family. And so mm-hmm. I, I look at every day is Mother's Day. Every day is Father's Day. So I, we, we really... Uh, raise our child to say, you know, good morning, I love you, and, and kisses in the morning. Because, and also uh, the blessing, we always thank my wife for cooking so well and, and taking care of the family. And he sees that, and, and he's, 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 uh, these are important lessons to learn at that age. Yes, they are. They certainly are. And, um, you know, I, I put out in my book, Hugs and Love, that when you wake up, every day. It's such a gift. It's like having Christmas every day. <laughs> you, know? you know, so it's, it's that not taking things for granted, just like not taking your mother for granted that she's there, you know, but recognizing what a special thing that is and respecting her and loving her every day. So it's right. that same concept of, you know, we can, we have choices in how we look at life. And we can wake up and, and say, oh, it's another day, i got to go to work, you know, and find all those things to grumble and complain about. Or we can look at it as a gift. You know, I, I, there was no reason for me to wake up. You know, this is a gift that God gave me. And now what am I going to do with this gift? You know, how, how's my day going to get better now that it's already started out in this wonderful way that I'm still here to hopefully make a difference today in the world? And with that hope, you will. And it's interesting when we focus on the gratitude, what we're grateful for, it, it shifts our mind to be positive and it, and it causes attraction of more abundance and, and more things to be grateful for. So it's, it's really awesome. I got a chance on my radio show yesterday uh, for the Mother's Day theme, or actually it was Tuesday, I'm sorry. Uh, and we, I, every one of us got to talk about our mom and I got to close the show out with talking about, you know, it's obvious that I'm here because of my mom, but what she created by um, believing in me and having me believe I was unstoppable or that I was, anything was possible really changed my demeanor. I, I wouldn't be a person mm-hmm. that was confident about making a difference in the world if you don't have someone that is your biggest fan, especially your most important one, saying, hey, uh, you can do anything. And, and when I did fail, that's just part of the process of learning. And I love the quote mm-hmm. that Greg Reed put up recently. He said, the more failures you have, the closer you're getting to success. Uh, I like that. And then another thing, I, I just watched um, Founder uh, with Michael Keaton about McDonald's. And although I'm not a, a big fan of the company or the diet system that they have, they have made some strides, I mm-hmm. guess, with having better coffee and having salads. But 
what I got out of the movie, which was so magical, was that the McDonald brothers were just two guys with this really beautiful system, but no one in the world was going to hear about this McDonald's uh, except for Ray Kroc spreading the word about it. And he got a really, really bad deal with the McDonald brothers. They weren't evil guys. They weren't trying to take advantage of them. They just didn't want to uh, give away any control, and they didn't want to give away too much of the profits for him to build something. Mm-hmm. And it turned out there was the bigger Ray Kroc got with McDonald's, the less money he made, ironically, because of the growing expenses and all just growing too quickly actually hurt him. And so mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the McDonald brothers giving him a bad deal and gave him actually a really good deal, a reasonable deal, a fair deal, Ray Kroc would have never uh, made McDonald's what it is because Ray had to think outside the box. And when he was uh, – when he was at a bank, someone overheard the conversation and happened to be someone that really was good at growing businesses. And he said, you know, my recommendation is you stop shifting, uh, stop thinking about growing the perfect McDonald's and you start focusing on the, the real estate and leasing it to the people that are buying these McDonald's. That's where the money is. And that shift um, would have been caused. Yeah. Yeah, so he was only making wow. 1.5% or something close to that. And had he been making much more money, mm-hmm. he would have been comfortable. And in being comfortable, we don't, we don't evolve. We don't challenge ourselves and right. uh, President Coolidge had a quote about persistence and I certainly don't have it memorized but that was the theme in Ray Kroc's life I and mean, he said that it sounded like he was his mantra every day and uh, it's actually a segue to, to compliment you and to thank you for being a, an awesome leader because I know that this uh, this interview was originally to discuss probably around January I don't recall exactly what day uh, it was or what month, but uh, your persistence yeah. in having me on the show had me respect you at probably the highest level because I I wanted to make sure that I not only got on the show, but that we had friendship that could go beyond the show because people that are just looking for the transaction or the the, the short aspect of just the accomplishment don't see the big beauty in what happens in a, in a friendship. And I have uh, an example this week. I was chosen for a photo that's going to be used for a major wine company, and they're going to use my photo on every single label of every single wine. And they asked me how much, and I thought about it. And it wasn't really a long thinking process, but if I took the money, it was a transaction. And if I created a partnership with them, then it would lead to something else that I don't know. So I said, I don't know what to charge you for this, but I'm more interested in creating a $25,000 campaign with you and being a, a major sponsor of all the events you have, they have massive events. They have like 5,000 people come to their, their wine events because they have mm-hmm. wine festivals and they have music concerts, et cetera. So, I mean, it's not, a, it's not a completed deal, but to think about selling it for $300 or $3,000 only paid a bill. You know, it, and, and, and the mm-hmm. higher I went, the more they would consider possibly not using my photo, which would take an accolade away from me. I mean, I would love to be on a major wine label <laughs> that I could tell yes. every time I do that wine. And, and, and they, I don't know how many wine bottles they do a year. I just know they're a multi, multi-million dollar company. And so it's exciting right. to, it's exciting to be able to say that that label is something I help create with them and not get a, a, a little bit of money for it. So just thinking bigger, right? Yes, exactly. You know, that's the whole thing is, you know, we, we go about our day and we do all of this stuff and, you know, like I'm on social media a lot and some days it's like 
you know, you're not getting any feedback from anybody, and you're like, why am I still doing this? Is anybody out there? <laughs> you know, that is anybody out there really listening or paying attention? And then all of a sudden, I'll get that message from somebody that's, you know, you really touched me today. You know, you really, I needed to hear the words that you said today or that message that you sent. Because, you know, every day, Ken, I send out a, a personal message to somebody that I'm grateful for them. It's something I've been doing mm-hmm. for almost a year now. And I get these most wonderful messages back from people that it really made their day. It really came at a point where they needed to hear somebody say that. So, you right. know, we, we do these things that we do out of love. We give of our heart. And then, you know, we watch the magic happen because there is magic in gratitude. There's magic in love. And so when we do these things, and like you were saying, build up that friendship, build up that that partnership instead of just, oh, how much, you know, what can I get out of this? What's it going to do for me? It's like instead thinking of the other person that's involved or, or the amount of people that are involved with what you're doing. So I really respect the way that you you describe that and, you know, your mindset in uh, doing that transaction. That's beautiful. And I know that's why you're such a success, because you are a heart-centered person instead of just what what can I get from it? What's in it for me? Just like your, your kid, you know, it's not what's in it for him. Now he's thinking, okay, you know, the, um, the whole interaction with dad, you know, how can this interaction get better by, by sharing? Exactly. And uh, success is an interesting word, and you've got to be careful with it. I, I love the word abundance more because it means that you're, you're not wanting. But success, uh, in my eyes, is raising a, a son that's healthy and loving and actually creates a legacy even for you. And success to me is leaving things behind like books that you wrote and your, your heart and your thoughts so that uh, people remember you or learn from you or inspired by you. And, and then another success is not having a, a life of turmoil. Even if you don't mm-hmm. have uh, abundance financially, if you're at peace, that's success. And oh, yes. Having, and, and the amount of people that love you uh, unconditionally and stick by you no matter what, that's success. So there's a lot of, a lot of ways of deeming success. But one of like my success today is that I have a choice to be on the, uh, on the radio show with you and then have a choice to be with my son today, and that's, that's awesome. Some people are, are kind of enslaved in a job they don't like or they just have time commitments they don't have choices with. Yes. And, and that's a choice, too. You know, exactly. we all have a choice. It all is. And every day we have a choice in what we're going to do. And, you know, if we're in a dead-end job and there's, you know, we're hating every minute of it, we have a choice to start looking for something to better uh, our world, to better our everyday life. So, yeah, that's um, that's something I think about well, every day. I feel so fortunate in doing something that I love doing, you know, and, and giving um, but there's so many people, and I've been there. I've been in those jobs where it's like, oh my God, I got to get up, I got to you know, drive to work, I've got to, you know, sit at a desk, and you know, it's it's like you finally get to a point where 
you're, you decide, am I going to keep going like this or am I going to make a change? And it doesn't have to happen overnight. You know, change sometimes can take a long time when you finally, from the time you make that decision to the time you implement the change. But at least that, thinking about it. Yeah. Yes, but the change is a choice, too, like how quick it happens. Some people can say, I'm stopping smoking or drinking or a bad habit or mm-hmm. eating poorly today, and it's their will. So transformation can happen very quickly if you're committed to it. Yes, yes, and they've done that, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, There's, um, you said that I Keep Smiling was my um, most recent book. I just want to say there's uh, a book that I put out that is actually ridiculous. It's uh, called, called the No Nonsense Nonsense Book, and it's just a book of complete nonsense. And I had yes, so much fun. Yes, I remember that book. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, tell it's us my about the book. book. And, well, it's it's a book about um, just sayings that are, are just absolutely ridiculous, and uh, and just people that actually created fun sayings. So, um, for instance, uh, Stephen Wright is probably one of the heroes in the book, but he, he says, I'm suffering from amnesia and deja vu at the same time. Uh, and he, he, has, he has so many <laughs> funny things in that book. But I, I only gave him two pages. So the book is, is about a 65-page book, and it has, you know, Oscar Wilde. Uh, and one of my favorite nonsense quotes from him is, I can resist anything except temptation. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> So and then I have like things like I never met a stranger I knew. So um, uh, there's just all kinds of fun stuff in the book. And that, that book is uh, I decided to have it as an experiment to see how many one star reviews I could get about how bad the book mm-hmm. was. But the, the, the funny thing is, is people that are doing the one star review, I'm I'm challenging them to be witty and 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 create nonsense. The the book back cover says if you're reading this book to, you know. Uh, attract the person of your dreams. This book is not for you. If you're reading this book to create more abundance in your life, this book is not for you. And if you're reading this book to find out the meaning of life, this book is definitely not for you. And if your life improves in any way uh, after you read this book, it's not the book's fault. So, uh, <laughs> so the, the book is utter nonsense. There's, and, and the first page in the book says, what if there were no hypothetical questions? Ah, Okay. But, but the, the, pre- the premise of the book, and every book I do, has one thought, and that one thought I build into a book. So the thought I had that was a little bit of a pet peeve of mine was it is what it is. And um, I'm sorry if I offend you if it's one of your favorite uh, expressions, but I hear people uh, say no. it. <laughs> so I am right that, there with you, my friend. <laughs> so that, that actually – on this whole book. I, I, ran, I wrote a 65-page book where it is what it is is only a half of a page. And it just the part of it is what it is in the book of nonsense is it isn't what it is. It, it's what you make it. And when it is mm-hmm. what it is, you help cause it. And so it isn't just what it is. It's that you perpetuate it in some way, shape, or form. Uh, so like if my son throws you know, paint against the wall and I look at my wife and say, ah, it is what it is. It, that was caused because at some point we let him think that he could do it or we're not going to correct it. So it's going to be that way from now on, you know? So every right. single thing that yeah. happens is not what it is. It's that it, it in the second, uh, it is what it is because you help create it. So it doesn't have to be that way again, or it can be changed immediately. And so it's such a powerless comment. So I, I wanted to, 
Pick That Comment and, and many others, but that was the main one that I was doing from a standpoint of empowerment. The rest of them were just to really joke and have fun, which uh, I've, I've been getting some pretty cool praise about the book. And I hope that you can write a one-star review and that you're, uh, whoever writes the best one-star reviews, I, I give free books to. So I've given out quite a few of these books because I, I enjoy the one-star reviews and the comments they write. I had one person that said, I've eaten dog food better than this book. So <laughs> <laughs> so if you go to the No Nonsense, well, Nonsense book on Facebook, it's, it's on Facebook, and if you write a one-star review, and uh, it, it, it's one of the better ones, I'm happy to send books out to those that win. <laughs> I do it at a uh, Well, I am, well. So we, we're, we're I am to, going to put that on my – that's on my to-do list now for today. <laughs> good, good. And the idea is if a book becomes known as the worst book in the world, will it outsell a book that is a great book but doesn't, is not known? The best. And the answer is <laughs> the answer's yes, most likely. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> no, so tell us well, because about it's, your. Because, um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. Well, I was going to say, tell us about some of the marketing um, do because I I know that that's part of what the Umbrella Syndicate is all about. Is yeah, that's, that's taking those those unknowns. About. Yeah, taking the unknowns and um, kind of steering them. Is that a good word? It is. It, well, I'd say amplifying is a better word. But um, I, mm-hmm. uh, steering is not bad because you're actually guiding the, uh, the product to a finish line where it's going to be more successful. And, you know, this is kind of where the interview, in a way, starts most of the time. But we, we uh, had fun talking about some other things. But the, the <laughs> Umbrella Syndicate I always was, have fun. <laughs> well, I know you do. So the Umbrella Syndicate is really a concept <laughs> of how do you make great leaders, great messages, great events, and great causes – known and, and more impactful in the world. And the way you do it is you combine whatever the message is with distribution. So if you have this um, amazing book and no one knows about it, or you have this great message and no one knows about it, or a great person and no one knows about that person, they're considered a secret. And if you look at the comment you made earlier about, am I making a difference when I post? It's because you're posting content, but you're not getting necessarily distribution. So you don't have that many eyeballs that are enjoying what you're writing or even know that what you're writing. And so mm-hmm. the, uh, the umbrella syndicate is simply an, an amplification of goodness. We, we look at what is good in the world and we get behind it and we amplify it with our distribution. And we have sometimes as much as 70 to 90,000 people come to our page a week. Another week we have 30,000 or 40,000 uh, and it's post engagement, but shares clicks, it's, it's activity on our page. And so, mm-hmm. um, when my mom passed in 2008, it took me several years to come up with this idea, but it was, it's a hybrid idea of having um, sort of a photo company, sort of a PR company, sort of a marketing company, sort of a publishing company. And I say that because the ingredients that we have are part of that. But most of the things that are in the world that I mentioned are content-based, and that's why I said it was only sort of. Our main part of what we were adding to those words was distribution. So if you look at most photographers – they're wonderful artists. They capture beauty, but they're content-based. They post, and no one knows. If you look at most publishers, they publish books, and no one knows about the books. So the books are technically a secret after 30 days. If they're not, if they're even a secret, I mean, if, even if, if they're not even a secret for the second it comes out. So our model was always combine whatever we do with massive distribution. And the massive distribution 
is just sometimes 100 times bigger than what the uh, person's normally experiencing. So what we did was we started tracking some of the really beautiful events that were happening, and we said, I'm going to do an experiment. 330 events I'm going to do in one year period. I didn't say 330. I said I'm going to do an event every day, and it ended up being 330. And next thing I knew, mm-hmm. I proved the, the model on ourselves. So ironically, if you hire, hire a marketing company and you look up their, their prowess, their ability to distribute their message, you'll find that most marketing companies miss the distribution part of it. They, they, so there's a lot of aspects to publishing. There's a lot of aspects to photography. There's a lot of aspects to marketing. But if one of the variables is distribution, it's missing. I think you'll agree that if you have content times distribution and you're missing distribution, it's zero. Then you're getting a result of zero for impact in the world. That's true. It's kind of crazy. So it, I, what I was looking at was the variable that's missing and focusing on that variable is missing so I could latch in, complement, partner with people that had the right message because I wasn't trying to make the message. I was trying to amplify it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. and it became very enjoyable because uh, I was a bit of a difference maker on a book that would have normally not had much life or much visibility turning into something that did. So I got got very latched into books because it's a tangible product that's easy to prove that it exists or it doesn't. Whereas causes, sometimes causes are only once a year. Sometimes they peter out because they don't have other parts of the formula like um, the fundraising down correctly, which I've only recently learned uh, in the last six months how to, to change the fundraising aspect of events and organizations because of the guy who started to keep smiling card, not the movement. So Barry Shore started this company called Delight, and it's funny. I never really cared about the Delight component of, of his message or his life because I was really embracing the keep smiling part. And the keep smiling just made me think the more I can cause smiles, the more I'm making a positive impact in the world. And the more smiles I mm-hmm. capture and show in the world, the more I'm saying the message that being happy is you know, not only the way to be, but it's it's – it actually inspires others, and it causes a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. So, so I was really latched in that. So for two years, I've been doing the Key Smiling, and only in the last, really honestly, six months, I've really been learning about this delight part, which is the the background. So, very short, uh, interesting guy. He was a magnificent entrepreneur that uh, suffered from a very serious uh, nervous disorder that uh, made him a quadriplegic, and he decided to have the Key Smiling card to help resonate a reason to smile, be grateful. And then he saw people that uh, couldn't have wheelchairs and couldn't have things because they didn't have the money. And so he came up with an ingenious idea for delight. I mean, uh, the, the concept is delight, D-Y-L-T-E. And it's a way of using your purchasing power to give 2% to causes. So he's up to raising two, uh, $1 billion um, between now and I don't, I think it's 2020 uh, for causes by having humanity in general use the same purchasing they normally do and have delight capture 2% and send it to the cause that they want it to go to. And it's, it makes so much sense. It's so easy. So he's raised money yeah. for people that don't have wheelchairs and impressed that they have wheelchairs because of the purchasing power of other people. So that I was is blown away awful. by that. So, and I tracked yeah. this guy. I tracked this guy because of amplifying goodness. This is a perfect example of someone that said, mm-hmm. 
you know what? No one else is my champion for a keep smiling. And I said, hey, you've got a keep smiling car, but you don't have a movement. I'd like to create a movement. He said, well, how would you do that? And I said, well, I would, I would actually create a campaign on Facebook that would show that the people that actually are leaders and authors and speakers that have a positive message and causes and all that good stuff, they'll hold the key smiling card and I'll start showing how many people are making a difference in the world and they'll be able to learn about these people. And the next thing I knew, I was like, my goodness, I have so many photos. I have enough to make a book. And so the key smiling mm-hmm. book starts off with telling Barry's story. And then it goes to usually a hundred to 150 people that I, I honor and, and that's exactly the word. I honor them because they're causing smiles in the world. And then I finish mm-hmm. it up with uh, typically a dentist that makes smiles happen with their, their work and their commitment. And uh, then some sponsors in the back. That is so awesome. And I, I have one of your uh, Keep Smiling cards. And I don't know if you saw, I posted a picture the other day. I tagged you in it on Facebook. With my frog, I keep a frog in my on my dash in my car, and, and I just I got in the car the other day and looked at it, and I thought, what a smile! And so I just stuck the card up there and took a picture and put it on Facebook. So I don't know if you've seen it yet, but I did tag you in that picture. <laughs> well, I had a couple book deadlines, so I haven't been on Facebook quite as much as uh, as normal. I went on Facebook yesterday mm-hmm. to share my share my displeasure of how Sears is handling a stove issue. They, uh, you know, it's funny. I saw Social that. media. Yeah. Well, you saw it and so did a ton of other people. And guess who didn't see it? Sears didn't see it yet. So Sears. I have to share right. this. So I have to share this with the Better Business Bureau and uh, Channel News, whatever. And so I, all, the thing that's interesting is all the people that gave me comments said go higher up in the, in the Sears ladder and share, share your, your story and it will get corrected eventually. And, and what's sad mm-hmm. is that Sears has a – a, the reversed model of how social media works. It has a reversed model of how Chick-fil-A works. It has a reversed model of how Costco works. and has a reversed model of how Southwest works. So Southwest, Costco, and Chick-fil-A empower their lower line to make people happy. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, if the lower line makes them happy, the customer stays. If they don't make them happy, the customer either goes away and doesn't say anything, or they growl up the line. They growl. And so right. Sears has the model of if we can piss you off enough and you will not quit and you'll go all the way up the line and, and absolutely never do business with us again, we will reward you by doing what we should have done in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And everyone I've talked to, and I'm not talking, I haven't talked to many people. I've only talked to a handful of people. They have told me they will never buy an appliance from Sears because it is a war. It's a complete battle. If something goes wrong, they will not take responsibility for it. And uh, and here's what's funny. Costco is thriving. If you make a mistake and you buy something at Costco, you open it up, you don't like it, anything at all. If you return it in 30 days without a receipt, that's it. let me underline that, without a receipt, they have a system right. to look you up. They look you up and they say, would you like cash or would you like credit back on your credit card? They don't even care. They don't even care what the reason is. Mm-hmm. They're certainly not encouraging people to return stuff, but they're being responsible for customer service. Right. And so, so what do you do? You'd rather spend your money with someone you don't have to fight with if you make a mistake. And so, and here it is. Costco's getting a shout-out on your show because I love them. I, I love Southwest. There's no way you can buy a Southwest airline ticket and lose your money. You may not get it back, but you can apply it to a future flight. There's so many other airlines. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my God, I just got penalized or I lost this or I lost that. But, man, Southwest is freaking awesome. And I just don't understand right. why Sears wants to go to 
in the day and age of, of social media, Sears will be out of business in years. I mean, I, I just would be shocked if they stay in business. Their, their model is so, so bad. And, and they used to be pretty good. I, I, I was obviously a big fan. I bought all my appliances from them. But um, it's only if they work. <laughs> Right. I did not, right. Not to dwell on this too much because I certainly don't want the show to be about Sears, but they, they took a part out of my stove and they lost it. And now they say not only did they lose the part, but they can't even order the part. And I'm like, and now you can't fix the part you took. So now I'm forced to buy another stove. And what was amazing is the only thing they succeeded at was selling us a, a stupid warranty program that we're paying $75 a month. So for four months, we've been paying for a warranty program that doesn't even work either. <laughs> so. And, and, and my it's wife, kind of my like wife that said, nonsense book, right? <laughs> it is, it is. And my wife said, we're, we, we're not buying that warranty program. And I said, he just told us if we buy it and this thing can't be repaired because the, he's taken the part, that we get a new stove. So that was a liar on top of everything else. He was just trying to get a sale. And I, and I, 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 right. I just believed him. And it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense what he did. And it doesn't make sense I even bought it. But the point is, it was just a scam on top of everything else. Right. Wow. And they even oh and they said, Oh, we're so sorry that he said that. <laughs> I said, Okay, well if you're sorry, let's refund the oh, money. That makes it, it all the better. Useless warranty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the I'm sorry makes it all better. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to just uh, oh, obviously finish off our, our I want to finish up the interview with our good notes. So I'll just say that I am super committed and excited for people that are doing a book. I have met so many people recently that uh they're 30, 40, 50 or older, and they haven't done their first book yet. And I, I asked them, you know, have you done a book? Because they, they, they clearly have a lot of knowledge. They clearly um, are leaders. And they say, actually, I'm working on it now. And I say mm-hmm. something like, well, how long have you been working on it? And they said, uh, quite a while. And I said, well, how old are you? And they'll say something like 52. And I'll say, so for the first 51 years, you didn't do a book. I know, granted, you know, age you know, zero through 30, you may be learning about life and maybe not ready to write a book, but basically you've been wanting to write a book for a long time. And that's the, that is the issue is that mm-hmm. 85% of people that are professionals want to write a book and only one does it. And it's because making a book is actually an unknown. It's fear. It need, and too many people approach it that it has to be perfect. And you know, as well as I do that if you just put your heart in the book and print it, you have something way better than the empty promise of you saying you want to do a book. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, we, and, and I I want to stress, too, you know, to anybody that, that may be listening, to not put it off. You know, if you have that thought at all of, uh, you know, like you were saying, if you ask somebody that if they're doing a book and they're like, well, I'm working on it, well, you know, do more than just have the thought about it. Um, I want to tell you a story, Ken, about a very good friend of mine that I lost uh, be a, a year tomorrow. And he was... He was our gratitude guru. There were so many people that this man affected. He had, I don't even know how many strokes. He was a stroke survivor. Uh, He had a lot of health issues. But every morning, that man got up, and he, this was before Facebook Live, he would record a video, and then he went through all the process of making it so that he could post it onto Facebook. So every morning when we got up, we would see this video about gratitude from him. You know, even with all of his struggles and all the things that he was going through, he took time every day, every day of his life, to record a video on gratitude. And he would always 
tag us. He was the tag king. This is where I learned about tagging. And so you would get up and you would say, oh, did Bob tag me today? You know, so you actually look for that to see if your name got a right. shout out from him. And then every day he would do a, uh, at that time, hangouts was like the only thing that you could use to go live. So he would do a hangout. And I was on his show several times talking about gratitude and talking about, you know, the books that I'd done and, and the energy healing that I do. Well, I I uh, listened to a video of him yesterday that was recorded two days before his death. And he said in that video that people have been after him about doing his book, and he says, I decided today I'm going to really dig in and get this book going. Two days before his yep. death, he decided yep. that he was going to get his book done. He was going to work hard at it every day, and he was going to get it done. So don't put it you on. Know, I, if, even if exactly. it's not a book, whatever, whatever your goal is or your dream, don't put it off. Well, you know, and, and it should be a book because a book is simply a collection of thoughts, uh, hopefully more than uh, a pamphlet size. So if you're going, mm-hmm. you know, 80 pages or 100 pages, you've got a book. But the point is no one's going to get richer in a book. So the reason you do a book is so you can have some sense of uh, download of your your mind mm-hmm. and your heart and also something you give your loved ones, something you can acknowledge your loved ones for, and then something that puts you in a place where your message goes beyond you. Because for mm-hmm. us to have this interview, Terry, I obviously had to be alive and I had to be available. But my book, after I'm gone, continues to spread the word as much as people are inspired to continue to share it as well. But I'm, I'm very excited about the fact that I'm able to write every single time I do a new book to my son, Ken. And, and when I write a, mm-hmm. to my son, Kenny, he knows how much he means to me. So a book, and there's no, uh, there's no uh, number that you can need to stop at. You can write your, your top 100 friends on Facebook. You can t- write all 5,000 of your friends uh, if you really have 5,000 friends on Facebook. But um, <laughs> it's an opportunity for you to actually acknowledge how people make a difference in your life, and it's, it's imprint forever. Mm-hmm. So I think, that's, I think it's a very cool part. And then the second part of why, you know, Perfect Publishing and Umbrella Syndicate really came to be is that we just saw how many people did a book, and the book became a storage item or it became a, a create space, uh, create space, you know, uh, order one off if, if at all, because no one knew about the book. So most people that do a book don't do a second book because their experience in the first book is very disenchanting and, and probably frustrating that they put all that time into the book. And they got, I think the average is something like 11 sales uh, in books. And, you know, mm-hmm. I am only like 10, I'm only like 10 or 11 sales away from that average with my, uh, no nonsense book. I think I might be making my first sale with my no nonsense book, so I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> I'll buy one again. <laughs> oh, you will. Okay, now I'm now I'm definitely ten away. That's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, uh, oh my the goodness. idea of that book. That I the idea of that book was simply to have fun, and every time I give that book to somebody, uh, I it, they tell me it makes their day. So you know, you open up any page and you read about. Uh, just absolutely absurd stuff. Like I'll tell you, I'll tell you a couple. And uh, like, there's everything that's in there is like um, political nonsense. So that's under P. So you can actually go through the book and whatever theme you think of, you just <laughs> look it up. So with political nonsense, I'll just tell you a couple that are uh, <laughs> favorites. Okay. One is Mayor Mayor Marion Barry. He said, "Outside the killings in D.C., D.C. is a relatively safe place to be." And I was. <laughs> <laughs> 
really enjoyed that. I mean, who would have actually thought to remove the killing stats from their uh, their danger, uh, the, how dangerous the city is, just to make it safe? So right. I, I, I I really enjoyed that one. And then, um, Dan Quill, I don't have this one memorized, but it, it said something like, we're on an irreversible trend. Uh, we're on an irreversible yeah, tr- uh, trend towards peace and democracy, but that could change. I'm looking forward to this book. <laughs> well, every single I one am looking nonsense, forward to so. this book. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only thing that's not nonsense is the acknowledgement section. Everything that I wrote in my acknowledgement sense, uh, section is about the people that um, make sense to me. Right. So. <laughs> so what else you want to talk about, uh, young lady? Um, well, tell us how people can get in touch with you. How can they find you? I mean, I I think that you're absolutely wonderful. Um, but you know, I wanted to have you on and and give my listeners exposure to you and whoever um, you know is touched or needs your services or wants to learn more. How do they find you? Well. Uh, I, I do live on Facebook probably more than anywhere else. So if they do a search on Facebook for Ken Roshan, R-O-C-H-O-N, I have a fan page as well as a personal page. And then um, the business is The Umbrella Syndicate. You can find us on the web and also on uh, Facebook. And then I have a radio show called Amplified, and it amplifies leaders, authors, and speakers. And I think we just did – I think we did our 90th show recently. And we've had uh, – I, I met Jack Canfield um, last week and got to spend time with him for three days. And – Apparently, he will be on Amplified, so um, that's what I meant by at the beginning of the show. This is five and a half years, and magic is happening at a very cool rate. Mm-hmm. If anyone wants to read a book that kind of exemplifies the philosophy of the Umbrella Syndicate, it would be Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell, because if you really believe in your book or your message or what you're doing with your life, then if you continue to do the actions, and it hopefully adds up to 10,000 hours, if you can really be that committed, you will see a major shift in you being in your commitment to you being at the top of the, uh, the thought, uh, top of mind for people thinking about you as an expert in that area. So, <clears throat> and then a Gandhi message is that I like is my, my life is my message. So choose something that you have fun doing and that can make a difference in life. And that will be a, a very strong message to not only contribute to life, but it'll be actually probably the content and fodder for your book. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And, you know, I I just, what I really liked about you, Kim, when I first met you was your quirky personality. (laughs) I'll just put that out there. Um, (laughs) If any of you do get in touch with with Ken, you're going to find right away his sense of humor is, is just amazing. And, you know, it's it's very similar to my father's sense of humor, and that's what drew me to you, I think. It's, you know, it's that quick wit. And, um, you know, sometimes it's like, is he kidding or is he serious? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you keep, you keep people on their toes, <laughs> first of all. But people are drawn to humor. People are drawn to somebody that can really uh, put a smile on their face, and that's what you do. You know, you do that. You make people feel special. And I just wanted to say that for for everybody that's listening, that when you do uh, talk to, when somebody does talk to you, it's not like you're wander, your mind is wandering over here, oh, I've got to go do this, you know, i got to do that, i got to take care of that problem. 
your focus, and that's um, that's a very uh, complimentary thing is to be focused because so many people don't know how to do that these days. You know, we we don't well, listen I, anymore. We've lost we lost the art of listening. Does that mean I shouldn't brag that I wrote half a book while we were doing this interview? <sighs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead. That's my trouble. <laughs> Actually, that was a, that was a beautiful compliment. And if you hadn't made this the the part about I like to make people laugh, then I couldn't have done that that part. But. Um, that was the funniest I thing know. I could think of. To... <laughs> I know, but and that's what I'm talking you. about. Your quick wits—it's—it's it's really well, to, an asset to have. Well, to acknowledge you, I, I just want to say, being present is everything on how you build a continuity and, and an understanding for how you can serve people. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I do teach people how to meditate and how to have a mindful meditation. And, you know, so many people think of meditation in the wrong way. They think, oh, I have to just clear my mind and not think of anything. But when you're meditating, you're really aware of everything. It's, it's mm-hmm. not shutting everything out. It's becoming aware. And one of my favorite mentors is Eckhart Tolle. And Tolle teaches you to, like, look at a tree and not just... Um, you know, not just the fact that the tree is there, but what is that all about? And there's an energy in everything. Every living thing has energy. And so just really focus and see what comes to you with that tree. When you're looking at a tree, you know, and so I've, some days I, I just, uh, there's a beautiful palm tree outside my window, and I just sit and I watch the leaves as they move, you know, the movement of it, and just feel that energy from it. So, Meditation is becoming more aware, and I think the more, if more people would meditate, they would be in that state of focus and really paying attention when somebody says something and letting the message sink in instead of, you know, going in one ear and out the other while they're processing 50 other things. So I, I admire you because I think you really have that mindfulness about you and you have that, that focus, you know, that, um, that you, you just are moving forward. You know, it's a constant movement and not only forward, but you're moving upward. And I, I just love that. And I know it, I'm going to continue to see that happen with you as I watch you from afar <laughs> and admire what you're doing because I, I do. I certainly am a fan of yours, and I thank you for being in my life and for coming on today and sharing of yourself for this time, and I appreciate that you did take time away from your family to do this. So thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you for having me on the show. It was a delight to speak with you and and have my message heard to your tribe and audience. I want to say something just so that we have an action or a commitment to make things even better. So I want to talk to you later about your book, books actually going through perfect publishing so we can get more light and love to them. And then obviously, uh, when is your next event you're going to? I I know Angel Speak is uh, going to be doing some type of events. Let's let's plan things that we can actually bring both of our tribes to and we can actually enjoy being face-to-face. That would be awesome. I have an event coming up in August, August 26th. 
I'm doing a women's retreat here in, uh, it's in Delray Beach, Florida, actually. And uh, it's going to be amazing. We're going to do some yoga. We're going to do some meditating. We're going to walk the labyrinth and uh, listen to some people share of their experience and their love. And just, um, it's, it's only for women. But, of course, you can show up and take pictures of us if you want. <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's not about the pictures. It's about the marketing. And I just want to say that um, most men would hear this message as they're not invited, which, you know, if you're trying to attend a women's retreat and you're a man, that's probably not uh, going to work. But the way I'm hearing it is how I always hear it. It's an opportunity for me to show how women are empowered and how they make a difference in the world and also just a way of thanking mm-hmm. them and supporting them for making a difference. I will tell you that the Umbrella Syndicate would not exist if it wasn't for women because women are not only more social, but they embraced the fact that I wanted to help market the empowerment leadership conferences. So most of the events I've done have been women events, and uh, it's, it's the reason the Umbrella Syndicate exists. Is that a cow? That is my cat. I have I have two cats, and they are very intuitive cats, and they always know when mom's on the air, whether it's on the uh-huh. radio or Facebook Live, and they like to make themselves known. Everybody knows my cats. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well I, love, I love the fact that they're kind of chipping in. I mean, it sounds like they're kind of cheering you on and that they really got a lot mm-hmm. of value out of that last statement I said. So, um, you know, my son uh, well, you know, that too. Yeah, that's interesting, Kim, because it's they're always chime in at just those moments, you know, when somebody makes a statement or when I make a statement, it's, it's like their little confirmation. <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. So don't you forget it. <laughs> well, my son doesn't necessarily want to come over to me when I don't have my phone in my hand and say, hey, Dad, you want to play right now? But he certainly has a lot to say when I have – and it's, it's weird. If it's an important phone call or an interview, he'll come over. And he's a little better about mm-hmm. how loud it is. Like he'll come over and he'll say, Daddy, I know you're on the phone, but would you like to play after you're on the, off the phone? And, I, and, I, and I'll, say, um, I'll say to the client, I'll say, um, thank you. <laughs> my, I'm working from home right now. My son just wanted to let me know it's okay if I play with him. Right. So, and, and people that are understanding, obviously, don't hold any grudge against that situation. But it is, it is funny because I look at my son and I go, yeah, you know what you're doing. <laughs> you know. Yeah. He's adorable. He really is adorable. And, and he's well, so he's, fortunate to have you as a role model in his life, Ken. I, I just want to say that. I'm not bothering you. you. I'm just saying, making that statement. Well, I'll tell you, taking fatherhood seriously or just having a child in your life uh, even if it's not your own, you adopt or you uh, take uh, being an uncle seriously. It is amazing how children bring you back to your youth. And I mean, mentally, mm-hmm. spiritually, and physically, physically too. I mean, I, I am getting in better shape because he's 40 pounds to carry and the, the, the kid likes me to pick him up and put him on my shoulders. Right. I, I just, I, I am very, very happy because I have a son, and and it's and it's it's so circular. It's so circular, mm-hmm. and I I can't imagine if I didn't have him, that I could take life so uh, with the key smiling being such a, a very front message and feeling that I want to have for people. So yeah. um, it is such a blessing to have kids. That's, that is for sure. Yeah, he's and motivating you. I can see that. And, and yeah, cats. they're they're my kids. They are my kids. I've <laughs> had them uh, their whole life. They're seventeen and eighteen years old, 
They've been with me their whole Biological. life. And, um, Biological? Yeah, and so they're my kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, my son, unfortunately, and, and, and my wife are allergic to cats. So I had five cats oh. uh, just before I met my wife, and they were not biological. I, mm-hmm. I actually adopted them. They were uh, uh, strays or found them at uh, shelters. But um, mm-hmm. as, as each one passed, I was not allowed to replace the cat. But my wife endured uh, allergies, sneezing, for just years and years, mm-hmm. we literally lost our last cat about a year ago. And with Kenny oh. being allergic to cats and my wife, I'm afraid that part mm-hmm. of my uh, my love for cats cannot be directly in my life. But I love cats. They're so right. Awesome. Yes, they are. They're beautiful animals. Well, my friend, our time has come to an end here for this you show. You said this was two hours. I- you said this was two hours. You said this was two hours. Well, okay. What else can we, what else can we talk about? Let me see here. No, you know, I, I could talk I really to you all day, Ken. You're so easy, you're so easy to talk to, and the time really did fly by. So, um, you know, that's that's an amazing thing that usually happens on my shows because, like I said, I love to have fun. I love to laugh. You know, it, laughter raises the vibration in us, and really brings us to a, a good, happy place. So it's, it's been fun. It's been enjoyable. And I certainly appreciate your time, Ken. I appreciate your messages. And um, I look forward to doing this again one day. Just sit okay. down and find something else to chat about. Well, let's chat about your book soon, and let's chat about that retreat. And all the listeners, if you have challenges with your book or your message being heard, please uh, reach out to me. Thank you very much. Absolutely. He is the best. I will put that out there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Ken. I hope you it. have an amazing day. Okay. Bye now. Bye-bye.